0: Hi, this is Benoit, your host of the Solar Maverick Podcast. I'm excited today to share with you my first podcast interview. It was on the Create Your Life series with Kevin Y. Brown. It's episode 134 of Create Your Life series. It's making an impact while saving the world. How renewable energy drove a CEO to success. It takes a team of people to make the Solar Maverick Podcast happen. Kevin is also actually the producer of the Solar Maverick podcast. He also has a company called Podcast Laundry, which helps with strategy and editing a podcast. And he's done an amazing job with our Solar Maverick podcast. And it's amazing for me to kind of see the growth of our podcast in a very short period of time. This interview with Kevin, to give you an idea, was recorded in August of 2018, then released in September of 2018. And then, basically, we launched the first two episodes of the Solar Maverick podcast on November of 2018. We come out with an episode every Tuesday. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And if you told me last year at this time, it's June of 2019... That I would have a podcast. I wouldn't have believed it, but it's been an amazing experience. It's been an amazing journey. It's been very rewarding. I'm a huge podcast fan, and I think it's a great medium, and it's amazing the impact that we're making from this podcast. And We have to thank our listeners as well for making the Solar Maverick podcast one of the most popular podcasts in solar and all the major platforms. We really appreciate as well your feedback and your support of it and your inspirational words and how the podcast has made a difference in your life. There's also a team of people as well outside of Kevin and the podcast laundry team that makes this podcast happen. One of them is Lee Wang, who's the director of marketing of my company, Renew Energy. He's also my publicist. When he heard this interview on the Create Your Life series, He thought it would be a great medium and he really pushed me to do it. I was hesitant and it's just without him, also the podcast wouldn't happen. I'd also like to thank my other co-host as well. Lee's also a co-host. You could hear him on some episodes. But my other co-host as well, Suzanne Waters. She's the VP of Business Development at Renew Energy and she's on several episodes as well. And thank you to our listeners again. And if you're interested in having me on your podcast, feel free to reach out. The best way to reach me is info, I-N-F-O at renewenergy.com, R-E-N-E-U energy.com, info at R-E-N-E-U energy.com. Again, we really appreciate your support of the podcast and I hope you enjoy my first podcast interview. Thanks and have a great day.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Create Your Life series where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life.
0: Create ta propre vie.
1: Create your life.
0: Create your life. Crea la tua vita.
1: Create your life. You better create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is an amazing day to be here with you. So excited to bring on this guest. We're actually covering a topic that we haven't covered yet on the Create Your Life series. So I'm really excited to blend this in with the story of entrepreneurship and, of course, the how. How did this gentleman get to where he is now? Let's jump right in and just get into his bio. He is the founder and CEO of Renew Energy, and he is also an advisor for several solar startup companies. He has extensive financial experience in the renewable energy industry and in the environmental commodities market. Before founding Renew Energy, he was the SREC trader in the project finance group for SolarCity, which merged with Tesla in 2016. He originated SREC trades with buyers, and co-developed their monetization and hedging strategy with the senior management of Solar City to move into the East Coast markets. He was the vice president at Vanguard Energy Partners, which is a national solar installer where he focused on project finance solutions for commercial scale solar projects. He also worked for Ridgewood Renewable Power, a private equity fund where he analyzed potential investments in renewable energy portfolios. He also worked on the sale of all renewable energy projects in Ridgewood's portfolio. He was in the energy-structured finance practice for Deloitte & Touche and Financial Advisory Services practice at Ernst & Young. He received his first experience in finance as an intern at DE Shaw & Co., which is a global investment firm with $37 billion in investment capital. He has an MBA in finance from Rutgers University and a BS in finance and economics from the Stern School of Business at New York University. He was also an alumni scholar at the Stern School of Business. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about no other than Mr. Benoit Thangin. Benoit, please say hello to the Create Your Life series. Hello, everyone. Thank
0: you, Kevin, for having me on the show. It's so weird to hear my bio read to me and looking at all the moments that got me to that point. So thank you for having me on the show. And I'm excited to be here and talk about
1: kind of my road to entrepreneurship. I am super excited to go into the subject matter. I feel like solar is something that's very important, but that seems to not get its just due. So before we jump all the way in, I want to know from you, what exactly does Renew Energy do? Sure. So Renew Energy is a company that I started six years ago. We're a solar
0: energy consulting firm, and we basically help companies that are looking to go solar. For example, we help a pharmaceutical company look at their corporate headquarters and whether it was viable for solar, looking at their rooftop Their carported system, there's the parking lot, and you could put a carported solar system, looking at land as well that they have. So we focus on the development of those type of projects. We also look at solar farms and help find ideal sites for solar and then basically develop the project till it's construction ready. You talked about SRECs, which are solar renewable energy credits. They're an incentive to develop solar energy that's in some of the Northeast state markets. And we brokered about 27 million in these SREC transactions. That's how we first actually got started as a company. And that's a part of our business, but we do more of the development and acting as an owner rep for companies looking to go solar. So it's interesting to see over time how the business has changed. And really from a finance related company, to more of a general consulting firm. I mean, we have on staff people with an engineering background, permitting. I feel like now I'm actually an engineer because I'm on roofs all the time on potential solar fields, so... Three weeks ago was our six-year anniversary, and it was just me and a MacBook in September of 2012. And now it's just amazing how quickly the company has grown, and solar has grown as well within that time period. So Dude,
1: congratulations on your six-year anniversary. That is amazing. Thank you. I would never thought I was going to be here
0: when I first started the company. And now to look six years later, I know they say 50% of businesses fail within mm-hmm. five years. 33 and one third percent within three years. So I'm just happy to be in that mark, not getting overconfident, continue to being humble, continue to develop myself, continue to add value to our clients. Absolutely. Tell me, how has Renew changed and evolved since you've started? Sure. So when we first started, we were purely this SREC broker And we were just basically finding sellers looking to sell these SRECs to energy companies that have an obligation within their state to have a certain percentage in renewables, and they purchase these credits, which represent one megawatt hour of solar energy. That was pretty much the business. But I talked about some of the owner rep services we do. We've also helped with corporate strategy as well. I was actually in India last year helping one of the biggest Indian solar panel manufacturers with their strategy of selling panels into the U.S., We helped a big energy company and created research on why they should potentially invest in the New Jersey, Maryland market. We're also helping different government agencies coming up with policy to increase the amount of solar development. So it's kind of amazing to just be an SREC broker to now we basically do anything in the solar space. It's funny because a lot of times people will be like, hey, can you figure this out in solar? And we can, and then we figure out a solution and add value to our clients. What inspired you to get into solar? What's great is I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about renewable energy and sustainability. Why? What we're seeing with climate change, and I know our president doesn't believe in climate change, but it is real. We're seeing substantial changes in weather patterns. We're seeing the melting of the ice caps both in the North and South Pole or Antarctica. And my passion towards and starting a company to decrease the amount of climate change that happens or make my impact I worked between my first and second year at Deloitte & Touche in their energy group, and then I worked full-time. That's what got me into energy, and then I decided to move into renewable energy because I felt like I could make a positive difference. That's part of the reason why I started my company six years ago,
1: because I felt like I could have a bigger impact. How do you stay motivated? Because it seems like solar hasn't quite caught on in the general market as of yet. You know, it's kind of funny because I look at solar being very mainstream nowadays. Ten
0: years ago, when I told people that I was going into solar, people thought I was crazy. And I did a lot of research and what I was seeing was that the cost of solar, because of technology advances, were going to go down dramatically and the amount of usable energy that the panels could actually incorporate and change into usable power was going to also increase exponentially. And you're right, it is a roller coaster. There's a lot of ups and downs in a lot of states in the US, and we do stuff actually internationally as well. It's dependent on state level incentives, but certain states like California, Arizona, Hawaii, where you get a lot of sunlight and you have high costs of electricity, it makes economic sense without incentives, and it's more competitive. People are joking about clean coal and even natural gas in certain instances, especially during peak times when you're using your air conditioning a lot between 2 to 5 o'clock or 2 to 6 p.m., where electricity costs are the highest. In other states across the U.S., you do need incentives to make it work. But honestly, people don't realize that most of the energy industry is actually subsidized by the government. And unfortunately, for every 100 coal or natural gas lobbyists, there'll be maybe one renewable energy lobbyist. It makes it more difficult to get things done. But as an industry, we've been constantly adapting. And it's one of the fastest growing industries in the U.S. economy, which is exciting.
1: That sounds very, very exciting. How do we enroll people in getting more involved with solar outside of those three places that you name Hawaii, sure. California, and Arizona?
0: Well, I think the good thing is the younger population of the US is really mindful about the environment. So they're really pushing to have that state level legislation that allows for the development of renewable energy. In the Midwest of the US, there's a lot more development of solar. Massachusetts and New Jersey, people are surprised here. That it's the top five states in solar, and that's not due to obviously the sunlight compared to the West Coast, but it's due to having great state level incentives to develop solar. And there's also federal incentives as well, 30% investment tax credit for people who are willing to develop solar. So I think the real thing is getting people educated about it. People assume solar is more expensive. But what we're seeing is, as I said, in certain parts of the U.S., it's actually the most economical energy source and it's renewable and you could use it on your house. And it's kind of crazy to see how many different solar gadgets that people are using for their cell phones and things like that. So what would you say are the top three biggest advantages of going solar? I think the first one, which when we communicate with businesses is saving money, that they're going to save money on their electricity if they go solar. Another thing is, it's obviously clean, you're reducing your carbon footprint. Another thing that I didn't actually mention of why I went into solar is energy independence. Because now, instead of you being dependent on a power plant, producing the electricity, and then using basically transmission and distribution lines to basically transport your energy, you're now producing the solar on-site. So it's actually... Providing you independence from the grid and not being dependent on the electricity company. And as a country, too, to get away from oil and natural gas. That's one of the other reasons why I got into renewable energy and solar specifically. And it also creates jobs in the US. There's this perception that all these things are coming from China, which is true, but the cheaper materials of panels, inverters, racking, is allowing a lot of construction of solar, and those jobs cannot be outsourced, Mm -hmm. and it's easy to train someone to be a solar technician. So parts of the country, like the Midwest, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of great job opportunities
1: and training of people Mm -hmm. to be solar installers. I like that, because I hadn't even thought about the job opportunities in solar, so I think that that's an amazing point. You have worked at all of these top tier companies doing all of these different jobs. What made you say, you know what, I'm going to leave this comfortable six, (laughs) seven figure salary and jump out here on my own as a crazy entrepreneur?
0: It definitely was a difficult decision when you have the comfort of very high paying salary, It was definitely very challenging. For me, both my parents had their own businesses. I worked at both of them since I was a kid, since I was 13 or 14 years old. What were these businesses? Tell us about your experience working under your parents. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's actually a pediatrician in the Bronx and has her own practice. My dad has a lighting company that basically sells light bulbs, ballasts, and fixtures to small business and corporations. And I predominantly worked in my dad's business during the summers or after school. So I started working there at 13 years old and pretty much did everything and run the business when he wasn't there. And it was interesting because we had different ideas of how to make the business successful. There was a time where he couldn't run the business when I was in graduate school and i had to run the business and there's basically 22 year old telling 50 to 55 year old salesman what to do and how to run the business and who've been in the business for 20 years so it was a really great learning experience for me to learn from both of my parents they both have different styles on how they do things i'm actually more similar to my mother than my dad as far as our personalities and what made me start my own company was i worked for an amazing company called solar city and It's one of Elon Musk's company, and one thing that I was amazed with was how smart everyone was, but I felt like I should start my own company. If I never try it, I'll regret it, and I could always get a job with the comfortable salary, but if I never tried starting my business there would always be a regret in my life. Even if I failed, there would always be the regret of never trying. So I just wanted to try it and see what would happen and put everything to it. And
1: it's one of the best decisions I ever made. Who did you consult with before you decided to make the decision? Advisory board. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of long
0: conversations with myself, personally, but my parents were very involved in the conversations. My family was involved people who started their own business as well, specifically mentors that I've had in the energy industry. So a group of people. But honestly, I kind of felt like that was the time and there was an opportunity and went with it. It's interesting because I feel like entrepreneurship is a lot about instincts and I just had this feeling that I had to start it now. So even though
1: I did listen to these other people, Mm -hmm. it was a pretty quick decision on my part. Absolutely, and I think that that's important to highlight is a lot of times, when you wait on people, you give your power away, right? Definitely. And it's very important for us to be cognizant that you know what, everybody can give us the most amazing or the worst advice in the world, but we're the ones who are actually gonna have to live with the decisions that we make. So when you decide to be an entrepreneur, when you decide to jump out of your comfort zone, you have to trust yourself more than anything that you can withstand this experience that you're gonna have, good or bad. But you also said something that I thought was important as well. You said that you worked at Solar City, and then when you jumped out and started your own company, they became your first and a huge client. What did you have to do as an employee to make them say, I trust Benoit enough that I am going to employ his company to be a consultant for us as we continue to want to move forward and build and grow.
0: For me it was a lot easier to start my company having a big client once you start it because that was basically the transition from being a full-time employee to 1099. I think what was beneficial for me is I had a unique experience in Ashrax which is such an archaic environmental commodity that not many people have the background. And I understood Solar Cities, what they were trying to do. I worked with everyone at the company. We kind of had a solution of how to be successful. And I saw an opportunity where I could also basically sell my service to them with them not really taking much of a commitment because I knew I was going to be successful, Mm. which is sort of the confidence that I guess I had to say that where basically I'm closing deals or incentives or closing trade. I could do what I said I was going to do and they weren't putting a lot of skin on their back. They're comfortable with working with me. Because I've obviously been an employee, there's not many people who have that experience, Mm -hmm. and I understand their strategy. So I think it was a win-win for both SolarCity and me, and and kind of helped me start my company and really make it a lot easier transition. And then we brokered about $27 in these SREC transactions over time, which obviously we were
1: successful from day one, basically. For you personally, as an entrepreneur, what do you feel has been the biggest change behavior, mentality, et cetera, that you've had to make in order to continue to grow and become successful? One of the things I think
0: for me is I was more of a finance person. People don't realize, but you're selling to everyone every day and people don't realize that they are. But for me, I think what I've gotten a lot better is sales. When we sell, we're more doing a consultative sale. And for me, it's figuring out the value that I could add to the client and then convincing them that we're the company to do that. So I think I've gotten a lot better over the past six years. And by the way, I'm still learning new techniques. And I think sales is a never-ending process. And I've been getting better and better at it. And it's about the network and building relationships. And actually, the great thing is most of our clients are through our existing client-based and referrals and people calling us, not us calling them. I mean, I think when I first started the business, I was cold calling so many people and (laughs) not getting much success. And it's just amazing now that we're at the opposite six years later, we're getting inundated with requests to help people. So I think really it's developing the sales skills, which has been an evolving process. And I'm always reading, learning, taking classes. And I think the big thing is how I could offer value to our clients. How has your
1: MBA helped you in your entrepreneurial journey?
0: So I think the big thing for me with the MBA program, because I was undergrad in finance at NYU, and then I did my MBA in finance, I think the big thing was really the network of people. It was a different network at Rutgers University than it was at NYU. I've been dependent on that network to kind of help me with my business, making introductions to people that I didn't have prior connection to, them vouching for me, or even partnering together with other alumni of the
1: school. And so I think the big thing was the network that I gained from it. And I'm curious now, what does your peer group look like? Are they all entrepreneurs? Are they people who are working corporate America? Do you have some artists? Who is your peer group? It's interesting. I think
0: my peer group has changed over time as I have changed, and it's not fixed to certain types of people. There's childhood friends, there are people that I went to school with, people I've worked with, creative types, because being an entrepreneur, even a solar consulting company, we have to be very creative and it's very cutting edge. So it's interesting. I have a lot of friends who are now musicians, which maybe people would think, oh, this guy with the finance background, I am taking voice classes and I do play the guitar. So it's not, you know. Okay. So you want to be the leader of a band <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But honestly, a lot of it is entrepreneurs as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, my peer group has changed and both Kevin and I are alumni of the startup leadership program yep. and met at an event and built a good connection and What's great with entrepreneurs is they really understand the struggle. Absolutely. And we could relate where it's different, I feel like, when someone maybe works at a corporate job Mm -hmm. and maybe doesn't understand that sort of perspective, if that makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Trust me. How do you feel like entrepreneurship has helped you grow as a person? I've definitely aged a lot (laughs) through the process of being an entrepreneur,
0: but I'm so much smarter Just because I'm always pushing myself to the limits, both mentally, physically, emotionally, and trying to grow as a person. So I feel like I'm a lot more observant Mm -hmm. when it comes to things. I think I communicate a lot better. I'm a lot more transparent. I could be very blunt at times, which I think hurts people's feelings initially, Mm -hmm. but they appreciate the honesty because I always wanna be clear and transparent. We're all different and we think of things differently. So the better that I could communicate what I'm feeling or thinking, Mm -hmm. I think that just makes it a lot better. And then just translating, when you talk about the business aspect, the value that I could add to a client. Mm -hmm. And that then is easier to sell. And then also the relationships. There's so many smart people in the solar space and just in general, But really, one thing that differentiates clients having a strong relationship with you, enjoying being with you when they look for a person, it's not just based on skill set. It's whether they could spend a late night or go for a drink. And a lot of what I do is entertaining clients. And it's interesting because I get invited to so many family outings with clients and they'd look at you as your friend or best friend. Absolutely. I know I'm kind of going off topic, but... No, please keep going because
1: I think it's important for us to highlight how to actually nurture relationships with clients so that they become friends and become families and the relationship is stronger. So it's not just all about business. That's a very important aspect of entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah. And I think it doesn't actually get talked about that much, which I'm surprised because I read all the entrepreneurship stuff, the podcast, following all the big people on Instagram, but it's really the relationship. Because if you think about it, there's so many people who could do the job. They want people who are honest and transparent that they could trust And your word and your reputation are huge. Mm, And especially when they're basically allowing you into their inner circle and Mm -hmm. with their families. And it's really about the relationships and building that relationship. Then you figure out other ways
1: that you could partner together and add value. Maybe it's even outside of business perspective. Absolutely. I love that. One of the big things that I do is I'll write, after I've done a speaking engagement or I've done business with someone, I'll literally write a handwritten card to that person. Sure, and no one does that, by the way.
0: Even me, I have to admit I get lazy. My marketing guy always tells me to do this. So it's something that I have to work on.
1: So that's great that you do that, Kevin. It's something that I've had to get better at over the years. But I'll also admit that I have really bad handwriting. Me too. So if I handwrite someone a letter, you can sense the authenticity and you can also see it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> but I took the time in order to write this and to write these words. You sure, know. And so it's just a part of strengthening the relationship. But I would ask you, what are some other ways or things that we could do in order to strengthen the relationship so that we do get invited to the cookouts and the baby showers that you are, <laughs> you know what I mean, invited to? One of
0: the things, and I know people talk about this all the time, but when you meet someone for the first time, you take notes on a card, basically important parts. A lot of that is about their personal life or things that we have in common. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I meet with someone, I always have notes of it, not just of the objectives of the meeting, but Mm -hmm. also personal things that we kind of like vibed with or something big in their life. And so people really appreciate it when I reach out to them and contact them and I ask them about things than just business. Because sometimes I feel like, and I've had this experience as well, people trying to sell to me and it's just all they're all is about is business. And for me, it's not just about the business. We fire clients all the time just because we don't believe that they're a right fit for us. And there has to be also, from our perspective, there has to be a fit from a personality perspective. And I guess morals or your life goals or how you operate as a business for us to work with you, even though they're going to be paying us. So... And also organizing different events. Like yesterday, you know, I've season tickets to the New York City FC, which is a soccer team. Mm-hmm. So it took two potential clients out to the game. And that was a great way of, of gelling. I mean, we spend quality time with each other. So organizing different activities. We had a summer solstice party back in June at a bar that I own actually in Hudson Hall. And some of the proceeds actually went to Ray Lewis's charity, where he's helping train people to be solar installers. So just different ways that we try to engage our clients and want them to spend time with us. And we find that as we build those closer relationships with them, that we end up doing more business with them over time.
1: Because they're people too. They're people too. And we all have to connect on a personal level before business, which I thought was... Which we did. After yeah, the SLP absolutely.
0: thing, we went for drinks afterwards and you know had a great time after the orientation for yeah, interviews absolutely. for next year's program. So.
1: And Create Your Life family, I'm going to tell you how amazing <laughs> Benoit is. So I text one of my friends, actually a guest who has been here on the show, Jenea Griffin. I text her and I say, hey, how are things going? And she responds back with the text of a picture of her and Benoit in Los Angeles. And I'm like, how? But noah he's everywhere, this guy, he's famous. I just thought that that was amazing, but Benoit has this amazing ability to be able to connect with people authentically and just have that conversation. He's just really a nice guy. And so, as a matter of fact, I think two days after we met, we were meeting in my office, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we met in your office
0: Friday morning, actually, because the thing was
1: on Wednesday, and then we mm-hmm. met in your office on Friday. Yeah, so good people, I say. It's a universal language of where you can bond with people who have a similar energy and just good overall people. Yeah, definitely. And I
0: mean, Kevin made the intro to Janiyah, which she came to the event, which I wouldn't have met if you didn't invite her to the event. And now we're talking about partnering Mm -hmm. with her. Kevin's pretty well networked. And so (laughs) I really appreciate the introduction and It's all about being your authentic self, and I think people really appreciate it. I'm not totally motivated—I know this might sound weird to Mm -hmm. people—to how much money we're making. I'm motivated by being passionate about renewable energy sustainability and adding value to our clients, and all that other stuff will come. I think when you're looking at it from that perspective, Mm -hmm. people see that you're authentic and genuine. I don't know if that makes sense because I feel like people are so focused on the money aspect of it as an entrepreneur, but it's really focusing on adding the value and the money will come.
1: People have no problem paying for value. Absolutely. I want to switch it up a little bit. I want to go back to when you decided that you wanted to jump into entrepreneurship and into solar, what would you describe as that defining moment that essentially you decided to create your life and get on this path that you're on right now? Was there a particular thing? I think for me, it
0: was frustration of being in the corporate world because I felt like I didn't really have freedom to kind of do what I thought was right. And I thought some of the solutions that I had were great solutions to what we're trying to do. Unfortunately, based on other things, it was decided to do something differently. Whereas when you have your own company, I do whatever I think is the right solution and Mm -hmm. then we'll see what happens. And you get the glory if it works out and whatever if it doesn't. So for me, it was really frustration with corporate America. I felt like I'm not building something lasting, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because once you leave a company, they basically take everything you have. So Which is not necessarily true because I've been in the solar space for six or seven years before Mm -hmm. I started my own company. So those relationships and those connections are still coming to place today in my own company. But really, it was more of the frustrations of being in corporate America and wanting to be financially independent, if that makes
1: sense, and being not dependent on one income source. You are very busy. You travel a lot. You're in and out of the country. You're in China. You're in India. You're in L.A. You're in New York. How do you decide who you will pick up the phone for? Essentially, who's worth your time? That's been something that actually I've been grappling with a lot. I mean,
0: It's really so busy, and we've gotten a lot of interesting opportunities, and we're turning down great opportunities as well every day. So I think for me, it goes back to, What I'm really interested doing at the end of the day, it's not actually based on money, because if it was totally based on money, I would be doing different things. So Mm -hmm. it really goes with where I could add the most value and impact, and it relates to my passion towards solar and sustainability. There's opportunities where I could make more money, but there's stuff that I'm more interested in, and I feel like I can make more of an impact. I'll do that. And it's about working with people that I like to work with. And I feel like we have the same sort of shared values. If there's not the same shared values, then I'm not going to work with that person.
1: But if someone, let's say that people are actually calling your phone. Yeah. What is the hierarchy or order that you answer
0: the calls in? So the first priority is our existing client base. Second is our potential clients. We've sent out proposals and we're talking to them about being a client. So, and they have the same shared values that I talked about before where we want to work with them. Mm -hmm. And then the third is like companies that we're partnering with, opportunities that we find interesting. The other stuff I'm usually very transparent in the beginning if I don't think it's gonna work. There are people who are calling me every single day for weeks Mm -hmm. and sending emails and things like that, and I don't wanna waste people's time. I do try to get back to everyone who's reaching out, but it's challenging because we're a limited amount of people and the amount of requests
1: that are coming in. Earlier, you talked about doing things that matter to you versus doing things for money. You mentioned owning a bar, and you've diversified some of your investments in different industries. Can you tell us a bit about your investments and also how do you decide what a good investment is? Sure. So for
0: me, obviously, I'm passionate, as you probably said already a million times, about solar and renewable energy. But I never want the business totally dependent on me. I'm going to work till I die because I'm passionate about what I do. I love getting up in the morning. It's not hard for me to get up at 5 o'clock because I'm doing what I love. But I don't just look at myself as a solar person. I have a lot of different interests. And I want to build a lot of different passive income streams where it's not dependent on me and where I don't have to get up in the morning and think that I have to hustle to kind of make this month's rent. So we get approached by a lot of different opportunities. I've invested in a renewable energy project. I have equity in a solar development company. I mentioned about the spar that I'm an investor in, and I also invested recently into two restaurants that are going to be opening up later this year. We have investments in stocks, real estate, cryptocurrency. So it's really for me to find a good investment when it's not me doing the actual management of the business. It's really about the people and really whether they have a track record of success Whether they have a similar sort of shared values, one of the best opportunities I see, then it kind of attracts my interest. So really for me, as far as different investment opportunities, it's the people that are running the business. It's about having the shared values and then seeing a track record of success prior to starting that out because I wouldn't invest in someone who doesn't have experience or successful sort of exits. When you're talking about investing into companies or restaurants or bars, it's all really about the people
1: and the people make the difference. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the behind the scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit PodcastLaundry.com for more information. Okay, Benoit, we're about to switch modes. Can you swim? I can swim, yes. Okay, because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank. (laughs) Are you ready for this? I guess I am. I'm ready, Kevin. This is rapid fire, man. Sure. What are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you are growing each year? So every year I basically come up with the goals that I have
0: a person and the business before January 1st. In the beginning of December I kind of come up with the goals and then I come up with basically numbers to those goals and then I have time frames to get to those goals. Every day I look at those goals. Every day I actually write, sorry, I use I have bad handwriting. So I type it in quote? my notes in Apple And that's become a habit that I try to do every morning or evening. I have to admit, honestly, I've been traveling so much that I haven't been good with it. But I've been forcing myself the past couple of days to do it. For prior, what was holding you back from creating your best life? So I think for me, it was confidence, actually. Confidence to go on my own, start something totally from scratch, a new burgeoning industry of solar energy. And if you look, there's not many solar consulting firms. So a lot of companies will call us because they can't find any company similar to us. So really starting something that hasn't really been created, which is great because there's no real competition, but at the same time too, there's a lot of education. And I really had to kind of make that leap and that confidence and having no regrets. And then I felt I had to do it at the time that I did it. And We're here now.
1: Top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly.
0: (laughs) I think for me, I'm all about Apple hardware and Google apps, calendar, Gmail. We're not really using complicated sort of tech, but I am talking constantly to people to automate everything. That's kind of some of the things that we're focused on now to save time. I love, by the way, Google Voice. Apple's our hardware and Google's our software. Love it. Favorite quote or model that you live by? Sure. So it's interesting. This is my high school quote. Okay. The difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. Vince Lombardi, the former great Packer head coach. I'm a huge football fan, huge New York Giants fan, season ticket holder. I actually meet people all the time who are smarter than me, mm-hmm. who want to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but they're not willing to make the sacrifice and right. the discipline and put the work and take the failure. They don't realize how much failure, they see the outside right, right, right. And they don't see behind the scenes. They don't see that I'm getting up at 430 in the morning every day and work nonstop or on crazy travel schedule. Or the amount of failure that I experienced to get to the point and, and really pushing myself as a person to get better and to add value where people will want to do business. So, If you're getting up at 4.30, what time do you go to bed? I try to get to bed at like 10 o'clock, okay. 9.30, 10 o'clock. I used to be like a night owl, but definitely there are times that I'm entertaining clients going out. I got home late last night and I was still up at 5.30, probably in the afternoon I'll feel it. But habits are very important. And another quote, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I could change and the serenity to know the difference. A lot of times in entrepreneurship, you can't control a lot of things that are happening. Absolutely, It's a journey and it's mentally controlling yourself and mentally realizing what you can control and what you can make the difference. And there's a lot of things you can't control. Mm-hmm. And that makes a huge difference on being successful or not in life, I think. So
1: sorry, I went on tangents on that. Dude, I'm loving everything that you're saying right now. <laughs> it's so true. And speaking of you being a Giants fan, Chris Canty was actually a guest on the show I love
0: Chris Canty he was on the Baltimore Ravens and then on the Giants for two years and and I remember you telling me because I think when we were at the bar I was telling you I'm a huge Giants fan yeah, so. Yeah.
1: so he's good people man he uh, seems really, really nice. nice he was very intelligent his level of humility commitment to giving back to the community one of the biggest things that I want to cover with him was finances for athletes, because you sure. hear a lot of the 30 for 30, you know, how athletes Definitely. go broke, et cetera. And he talked about how he didn't have the knowledge of finances. And so he was OK with admitting that to himself mm-hmm. and going out and actually seeking the help and the wisdom in order to be able to change that. And then he talked about also what it took to become a professional athlete. Sure. And being drafted by the Cowboys, all of these things that I feel like a lot of times you don't get when people sit down and talk to professional athletes or people of this caliber so it's really transparent and open
0: you know what I liked about what you said about Chris Canty and I think it's huge for entrepreneurship is be humble Mm -hmm. because I learn every day from everyone and I'm observing everything we all have our own blinders on stuff. But really, you could never get overconfident of being an entrepreneur because you're competing against everyone. There are people that are trying to do the same thing that I am, but it's about being humble and learning and taking feedback, both positive and negative. I mean, I love negative feedback because I'm trying to improve. I find people have a hard time giving negative feedback. I listen to everyone and I learn a lot. And it's about giving back to the community as well. And I think that's a big thing too. Life's not just about having a successful business, it's really giving back.
1: Absolutely. What is your favorite or most impactful book that you've read? So a book that I really love is a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Mm
0: -hmm. And he talks about changing to positive habits and that it takes 21 days or three weeks to then have that as part of your routine. For example, we mentioned that I've been traveling a lot. I've gotten some bad habits, especially eating, and I've gained some weight from all the traveling. Mm -hmm. And now I started implementing the positive habits. For example, being consistent with waking up at a certain time or having a healthy breakfast or doing meditation, which is something that's really helped me. I use the Headspace app. I guess that's another technology thing, but Mm -hmm. it's just amazing how it's allowed me to calm down and really think of things more strategically because at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is not a race, it's a marathon. And it's about using your energy the right way. When I first started my business, I think I was only sleeping two to three hours a day. And then after a few months, I was just exhausted Mm -hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, and I had to change things to be successful. So I think The Power of Habit is a great book. And
1: if you haven't read it, you definitely should check it out. It's by Charles Duhigg. The thing that I want to say about habits to create your life family is when you're implementing new habits and you're working to become a better version of yourself. Keep in mind that if your goal is you need to work out five days a week, three days a week and you skip a day, forgive yourself and then allow yourself to go in the next day. Don't stop because you missed a day or something like that. We're focused on progress, not perfection. That's huge, and I think every day is a new day. That's
0: the way I look at it. Another thing is focus on compartments because if you think of a week ahead or months ahead, really you only could focus on the now. But a really great book that I really enjoyed was "How to Stop Worrying and Start Living" mm. by Dale Carnegie. He talks about how to manage stress and worry. So definitely, it's all about progress. And this is the issue with resolutions that I have in New Year's. People are like, "Yeah, I've never went to the gym the past three months, but I'm going to go." five times the first week of January, and then you don't go, and then you quit. Hey, if you just go once a week, that's progress. So, And we're all at different points and stages in our life. I'm far from perfect.
1: Absolutely. And I think just admitting that, you know what? I'm not perfect. What are three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life? I think it's doing what you're passionate about because
0: that's your true self. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes with what you're saying. Accept failure. I think a lot of people can't accept failure. Before, it used to be a big thing. Now, I don't care about failure. And then to never give up. Just because someone says you can't do it or you've been rejected so many times, if that's what you truly want to do, keep pushing and keep doing what you're doing. And you have to put in the work. All these people that you hear that are really successful, it just didn't happen. There's a lot that you don't see in the background
1: that got them to that point. 10 to 15 years to be overnight success, right? Yeah, basically,
0: yeah. Okay,
1: what's next for you, Benoit? <laughs> I'm about making an impact, and, yeah.
0: and this is going to be an exclusive, which I've been working with Kevin, is I'm going to be working on a podcast called Solar Entrepreneur Podcast, which you'll be hearing very shortly. You'll see me on some TV stuff as well that we're working on, and then I'm actually working on a book about entrepreneurship and solar energy. Those are kind of exciting things that are happening. I'm really excited about it. I'm curious how it'll turn out. I'm uncomfortable, but I'm loving that I really want to do it and we'll see what happens. Okay. And how can we keep in contact with you? Renew Energy is our company, renewenergy.com, R E N E U energy.com. You could go on our website. You could also follow me on Instagram. It's Benoit0212. Benoit Benoit is my nickname from college. You can find me on LinkedIn. It's Benoit thanjan B-E-N-O-Y. Last name is thanjan T-H-A-N-J-A-N. Can you spell out the Instagram name? Sure. It's Benoit,
1: so it's B-E-N-O-I-T, then 0212. Okay. Well, Create Your Life Family, you know what part of the interview we have reached. So now, uh, Benoit, you are actually about to enter the turnaround where that means that you are in control of this interview. I become the interviewee. You get to ask me any three questions that you want and I am at your mercy. So my only request is, please be gentle. Oh, I'll be (laughs) gentle, Kevin. (laughs) Please, Hammer, don't hurt me.
0: (laughs) Kevin, I'm kind of interested about what have you maybe learned from this interview? You interview so many people. Is there a perspective that
1: maybe you haven't heard or something reinforced in our interview? I'm gonna be honest with you, just the idea around solar, you know, you hear about it, but I hadn't taken the time to invest in understanding the industry. And I think what you talked about, especially with are talking about the type of job opportunities that you all create and just the industry overall, I'm very curious now to know more and I know we've talked before, but I didn't know the depth. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I would like to have more conversations with with Noi just to understand his perspective on life. So I'm excited. I think I'm going to learn a lot more once I re-listen to the interview as well. Definitely. And obviously, I want to get to know you better. I think we had such great conversations
0: when we met that Friday and then obviously at the bar afterwards. I know we talked a lot about your trip to Japan. I love going to Japan and I go to Japan for work and I was in Tokyo six to eight weeks ago. I know you've gone once and you want to go again. What do you want
1: to do the next time you go to Japan? Hmm.
0: The turnaround.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is the turnaround. I'm like stumped. Oh, you know what? I really want to go back to Tokyo. There's a temple in Kyoto that you have to write to in order to go. And I have written there, but you have to have the invitation in order to enter. And my invitation came to New York while I was in Japan. So I actually, I want to go back to this temple. I have to find it. I was reading that book, A Thousand Places to See Before You Die. And so it was in there. So I want to go back to that temple. And I would like to just go back to Tokyo. It's funny because sometimes I just miss Tokyo. Me too. I like, I really it. had a good time. And there was actually this party in the mountains mm-hmm. that was taking place. Tell oh, you I told met, me a little about this. Yeah, I, I met my friend Ben, who was from Australia, and we decided not to go. And I went on to Kyoto taking a bullet train. But I really wish that I would have went to this party in the mountains. Nobody knows if we would have made it back. <laughs> so I just felt like there was a, a piece there and a lot more to be learned. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious. I'm just going to go with my eyes wide open, but I want to definitely make it back sure. to, that, to that temple.
0: Well, I'll be there in December or January, so if your schedule allows, it would be great to be there at the same time you are. Okay. Let's talk about it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then the last question, what do you think you've learned from the Startup Leadership Program? We're both alumni of the program. Mm-hmm. I go back and think about it. It was kind of surreal for me to be back after a long time at the orientation. Mm-hmm. What do you think you've learned from the program or even alumni? I came back and I was actually kind of impressed with hearing
1: everyone's story. But I think... What was reinforced was the power of community. I think that a lot of us often come in with ideas of who people are kind of based upon appearance. Mm-hmm. And I think that the beauty of really getting to know people because you spend so much time with others is you get to find out how much you have in common with people or how different perspectives and things have shaped others. And you really get to see other people working through things and working on their projects and their businesses going from A to Z. They might have started off at B, and now they're on D, where some people might have started off at A, and now they're at T. You're seeing the progression. I remember being there for the interviews last week for the Perspective New Class, and one young lady had been working on a travel app and mobile website. And to see where she had came from in the beginning where she was just that concept to now is amazing. And to understand what it takes and be able to be a part of that conversation and offer suggestions along her journey is just super rewarding because you get to bounce this idea and this feedback off of each other. So it's an amazing experience and a blessing to be a part of the community.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm blessed as well to be a part of the community. And I think I definitely want to be more involved it's in an amazing community and I'm happy to be a part of it. Well, Benoit, man, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Kevin. This was an amazing experience. Thank you. Pleasure. Well, Create Your Life family,
1: we will see you back here next week. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at Facebook.com backslash Kev Brown one We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYLseries and at Kevin Y Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. The
0: creation live. Create a propre vie.
1: Create
0: your life. Create your life. Create a tua vita.
1: Create your life. Unstep your Li. You better create your life. Create your life. la vie Create your life. Create your life.
0: So this is Benoit Thang your host, of the Solar Maverick podcast. A lot of listeners have reached out to us that they would like to meet us in person. We're actually going to have another exciting event coming up on Tuesday, July 30th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. in downtown Jersey City, New Jersey. It's called the Summer Solar Special, How Solar Technology is Changing the World. We're partnering on this event with Jersey City Tech Meetup. I will be one of the panelists, and I'm the CEO of Renew Energy. And also Suzanne Waters, who's a co-host of the podcast, and she's the vice president of business development at Renew Energy, will also be one of the panelists. We're going to announce very shortly the two other panelists in the solar industry. And Lee Wang, who's also another co-host, will be attending the event. He's the director of marketing At Renew Energy. If you're interested in attending the event, go to meetup.com and look for Jersey City Tech Meetup and the Summer Solar Special, which is happening Tuesday, July 30th from 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. in downtown Jersey City, New Jersey. I look forward to seeing you all there. Thank you.